The Imagine More Success Radio Show is the all about you show with successful entrepreneurs and business experts sharing their stories and powerful takeaways while providing you with the tips, tools, tactics, and a free weekly gift to help you thrive. Your hosts of the Imagine More Success Radio Show are the best selling author Cindy Hendricks, who's a certified business consultant, and Thomas Hyde, a certified world class public speaking coach. Check out the Imagine More Success radio show at imaginemoresuccess.net because now is the time for you to realize your dreams and to imagine more success. Hey, welcome to the Imagine More Success radio show with Cindy and Thomas. We're so glad that you could join us today. We've been on a little bit of a hiatus and we're really happy to be back. This is our first uh, time back in several weeks and, uh, you know, we couldn't really have a more timely episode right now. Today, we're going to be talking about how you can successfully overcome trauma and obstacles in your life. This is a topic which is near and dear to a lot of us on staff today, and uh, we're really happy to have a wonderful guest who's going to be joining us a little bit later in the show. We're going to have Michelle Jewsberry, who is the uh, CEO of Unsilenced Voices, and she is a global breakthrough specialist. Cindy, it's been uh, a little while since we've had a chance to jump on the show together. Are you ready to go today? I am. I missed you guys. Missed you too. It's really great to hear your voice. Um, you know, this is a, a really timely topic, right? It seems, um, well, you know, I think it's probably timely a lot of times for a lot of people, but um, this idea of overcoming these obstacles and, and successfully getting through some trauma, uh, you know, is really, I, I think, almost, let's call it a global uh, ideal or a global uh, message right now. And, uh, you know, we have a, a really funny way of of finding these topics that seem to fit the tenure of so many people. Have you noticed that, Cindy? Well, since we're both intuitive, I think that's pretty, pretty easy to do, right? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Well, and I think the timing, like you said, is perfect because, you know, right now in our culture and in our country uh, mm -hmm. and in the world, really, we have so much trauma going on. I mean, I don't want to make light of people who have, you know, physical and mental trauma, but people who live alone that are sequestered because of the pandemic going on, I think that's been really hard for some of those folks. And that's a part of what we're going to be talking about today, in addition to how it affects a very specific group of people as well, people who are dealing with domestic violence. And uh, we're going to be hearing today from our guest, who is Michelle Jewsberry. She's someone actually I had the pleasure of seeing speak in person, and uh, she's a wonderful speaker. I would call her extraordinarily authentic. She actually has an acting background, and uh, even though I'll not say even though she's a, maybe in part because she is an actress, she's able to really truly express herself in a very authentic and positive way and bring a very uplifting message. Uh, to the people in her audiences. She's actually an international philanthropist, speaker, author, and coach. She's traveled the world as an advocate for the less fortunate. Actually, in 2016, uh, she focused her efforts on ending domestic violence, and her, her own desire to actually do that uh, to help the victims of domestic abuse came from a personal experience of hers in, in which she was in that type of relationship. And in July of 2017, she realized another one of her dreams by finding or creating her nonprofit organization called Unsilenced Voices, which focuses on inspiring change in communities around the globe by encouraging the victims of domestic violence to break free and the survivors to speak up about the domestic violence and sexual assault that they've experienced. Um, since then, she's completed her own personal memoir, which is called But I Love Him, uh, a true story of love, pain, and domestic violence. And uh, it's a really inspirational story. 
and I'm really excited to have her on the show today. So we want to go ahead and welcome Michelle Jewsbury. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much, Rob and and Thomas, and I look forward to being able to share with your audience. Fantastic, Michelle. You've had um, you have a really uh, a really powerful story about how you began this journey. Uh, into creating unsilenced voices and your desire to help people who are domestic violence um, survivors. Take a moment and tell us a little bit about how that began for you. Yeah, of course. Thank you again, Rob. Um, So I'm just going to fast forward until about 2011 in my life. And I decided to move to Hollywood, California to be a movie star. As Rob said previously, I love theater, I love acting, and I thought that that was my calling and my purpose. So I packed up my car and moved from North Idaho all the way to Hollywood, California, and I ended up meeting a man, we'll call him Paul, uh, blue eyes, blonde hair, very attractive, very successful entrepreneur, and he swept me off my feet. And I thought that we were going to be that fairy tale love romance. But little did I know, he started controlling my life. He started um, uh, making me not act. act. Uh, he told me what I could and could not do, who I could and could not hang out with. Um, and about four months into that relationship, my head ended up going through the drywall. Mm. And at that point, I, I did not even realize or understand that this was the beginning stages of a domestic violence relationship And I ended up staying with Paul for roughly four years. And during those four years, I endured psychological manipulation, financial violence, uh, physical violence, and sexual abuse. And um, when I finally escaped that relationship, I sat in front of my computer and began documenting what happened to me. And that's when I had the aha moments, the, oh my gosh, I can't believe that this was me that went through this when I was reading it. My mom and my dad raised me to be a strong, independent woman, not to put up with BS like this. And, and I found myself trapped in that relationship. And Did, I, Is that something that you found that happens to a lot of people that they're surprised that they find themselves in, in the people that you work with, they are surprised that they find themselves in that particular situation? Very much so, because you don't expect to be with an abuser, whether a man, woman, LGBTQIA, doesn't matter. You you don't anticipate yourself being trapped in something so horrific. Um, and this injustice is all over the world. And when I started to read and document, I, I knew I had to do something. And I ended up writing a one-woman show. And that's when miracles started happening. So I performed 65 minutes on stage of literally beating myself up. And people started coming up to me after that. And this was 2016. And they started telling me their stories of domestic abuse and thanking me for speaking up because then it gave them the courage to leave their situation and really understand what it was that they were going through. You don't know. know. Michelle, I want to jump in right there just very quickly. I I just want to make something um, really clear to everyone in the audience if you're listening today. Michelle kind of just glossed over this idea of doing a a one-woman show for 65 minutes, a a one-woman play. I want to tell you how incredibly difficult that is to carry a dramatic piece for six and a half minutes, much less 65 minutes, uh, and to bring, especially about a topic that's as uh, powerful and moving as as surviving domestic violence, 
when you were doing that play and you found these people that were coming to you and sharing their story, did you find that that was, uh, was that a breakthrough moment, not just for the people who were coming to see you, but for you in understanding how you're going to move your message forward? You know, what was interesting is when I was rehearsing, people used to tell me, oh, it must be so therapeutic. And I wanted to strangle them. Um, <laughs> I'm sure. But looking back on it, it definitely was therapeutic. And me being able to reenact some of the abuse that happened to me, I was able to heal um, because the philosophy that we teach is you have to feel in order to heal. And it made me be able to feel through some of the trauma and abuse that I had experienced. So the answer to that is yes, it definitely uh, impacted me and greatly helped in my healing process. Well, um, something else that really sticks out for me in your story is that um, you've actually written this book. And I want you to tell me a little bit about... Um, what the process of, of writing that book was like and what it uncovered for you. Yeah, definitely. Thank you again, Rob. And um, so when I, when I finished my play, I, uh, I knew that I had to do more, right? And, uh, and I began turning that manuscript into a memoir. I began telling my story um, even more on paper. And that is my memoir. That is exactly... Um, uh, my perspective uh, of what happened to me. And it was very difficult actually publishing it. So I, in, in the end, I ended up uh, uh, going after my abuser uh, for legal, uh, a civil lawsuit. And I was very scared that if I published, then he would come after me and hurt me. Um, but eventually I swallowed down that fear and published on Amazon and um, it was a very exhilarating process because it helped me to be able to take my power back. And I never, I never call him by his real name uh, because I believe that abusers can't heal from what they, they're doing, from what they've been through because hurt people hurt people, but they have to have a form of repercussion. And Paul's form of repercussion was me speaking up and taking my power back from him. Um, and, and it really helped me to move forward and then help other people. Uh, so many people have read my book and, and I, I gift my manuscript out a lot as well. And uh, it's so crazy, the similarities between abusers and the psychological manipulation that happens across the board. So um, it was great to be able to publish it. Uh, and I'm working on my second book now called Overcoming Obstacles. And that should be released uh, probably by the end of this year, quarter four of this year. Oh, fantastic. That's actually the name of a masterclass that you um, that you put on there as well that you have or you host as well. Um, yeah, mm -hmm. Exactly. I have an Overcoming Obstacles masterclass. It's a 10 week masterclass series that we go into not only trauma, but other obstacles that people face. Um, I, I've moved around my whole life growing up. I was teased as a child. Um, I experienced a little bit of neglect growing up. I, um, of course, went through this domestic violence relationship. And uh, later on in my life, which uh, about a year and a half ago, I lost my mom. And five years ago, I lost my father. Sorry. 
Thank you. Um, but because I've been able to overcome a lot of different obstacles and trauma in my life, I then can help other people. And like you guys were talking about in the very beginning of the show, uh, this pandemic has been very difficult for a lot of people mentally. And it's it's okay. So I want to tell your audience that you're not the only one feeling like that, feeling alone, feeling confused, feeling scared about where you're going to be able to pay your next bills and uh, how you're going to put food on the table. Um, and this masterclass really helps people to understand what they're going through and how they can pivot and create even more success, even in the time of a pandemic. I think that's a, a really powerful message that um, you know really speaks to a lot of people. Um, if you had, I guess, if you if you had a single piece of advice to give someone today who is really stuck in in that traumatic place in their life where they feel like they're not in touch with what's happening, or they're avoiding their feelings by whatever coping mechanism that they have, what would you give today as a as a piece of advice for someone who's really struggling? You're not alone. Uh, I remember when I was going through my abusive relationship. It's interesting, Rob, that you mentioned coping mechanisms. I, I would drink heavily. That was my coping mechanism. And I didn't even understand that that's what I was doing, was hiding and numbing the pain of what I was experiencing. And looking back, I see that's exactly what was happening. And we all have different coping mechanisms. It could be working out. It could be drugs and alcohol. could be... Um, working too much you know we're all on zoom calls these days and zoom hopping and really you know taking time for yourself is so incredibly important because like i said earlier you really do have to feel in order to heal that means you have to feel through pain feel through trauma feel through things that are uncomfortable in order to move forward but if you want to move forward that is so essential and you are not alone so many other people experience these same feelings and um, you can overcome you can turn your pain into purpose and, and and your lemons into lemonade and when we come back in just a moment we're going to continue the conversation today with michelle jewsbury we're going to continue to talk to you about how you can overcome the trauma and obstacles in your life on the imagine more success radio show please stay tuned Imagine More Success radio show with Cindy and Thomas. We've been discussing the very timely topic of how you can overcome the trauma and obstacles of your life successfully. Uh, Cindy, I know that, um, you know, facing obstacles is often the pathway to greater success. And in your own life, you've certainly, I think, demonstrated that. Um, Cindy, tell me a little bit about what makes an obstacle become a part of the past and something you can grow from? Well, if, if you're asking me, Thomas, yes. I think, I think obstacles, I think of obstacles as opportunities. 
So when an obstacle's in front of you, I look at it like, how can I solve this? Like an opportunity. And, uh, and I haven't really been jumping in much today because I had two abusive relationships, but I'm very proactive and had three brothers over six feet, six feet five. <laughs> so I had to learn to handle myself at a very young age and I fought back. Now, sometimes that isn't wise because you could get killed that way sometimes, but I don't think that I would be happy if I didn't fight back. In fact, I wish I had a picture of ex-husband number two when I threw him across the room. <laughs> Well, today we are spending some time speaking with Michelle Jewsbury, who is our guest today. She is the uh, CEO of Unsilenced Voices, and she is an international philanthropist and author and coach. And when I met you um, a few months ago, Michelle, you actually had one of your clients with you, who is really one of your big success stories. Um, her name is Jamie Wright. Tell, me a tell us a little bit about how you were able to help her make a gigantic shift in her life. Yeah, it was uh, amazing. Thank you, Thomas. Um, and to piggyback off of Sydney, yeah, definitely wanting to fight back. And this is what Jamie did as well. And I, I fought back in my relationship too. Um, unfortunately, when you fight back, it makes the abuse even worse. And that was what happened with me. And uh, when my mom and dad trained me to be, you know, this independent woman, uh, I definitely had a mouth on me. And I, um, I physically fought back against the abuse. And sometimes that just made it worse. Well, when I met Jamie, Jamie was actually in a shelter in Houston. And she was uh, leaving an abusive relationship where she tried to fight back. He overpowered her. And Jamie is also a strong, independent African-American woman in Texas. And she uh, she's this strong, um, really, uh, I wouldn't say demanding. I would say um, beautifully intelligent, knows where she's going. She's a powerful uh, she, lady. She's powerful. She's powerful. Yes, and... Uh, she shocked me and she, she looked at me and, and we ended up meeting about, I want to say seven or eight months ago now. And she said, you know, I want help. I want to do what you're doing. I want to be able to turn my story into something that is impactful. And I said, okay, that's great. Let's coach together. And she jumped in with two feet and she's like my perfect client. I like to say that she is a perfect client. Um, we did personal coaching and we would meet twice a week and go over, how we can overcome her challenges, which at that point she needed to get her things back. She had to file restraining orders. She needed to uh, make sure to get into her own apartment, make sure that uh, he wouldn't come back around. Uh, he um, was also still manipulating her and she decided to press charges against him, which she won. And then from there, she said, you know, there's so many people who've experienced this. I need to start speaking up. So how do I craft a business out of this. And that's exactly what we did together. Uh, she, from living in a shelter in Houston, is now an international speaker. She speaks on stages around the world, most of them Zoom right now or virtual platforms. Um, and she's been invited to speak on BBC and, and NBC and CBS and The Doctor's Show. And 
we worked together to help her be able to share her message of hope and inspiration. And it takes a lot of hard work in order to speak up, but Jamie wanted to do that. And now she's writing her first book, um, From Pain to Purpose, and she's working on an ebook right now. Uh, her website's all done, social media, and she's just rocking and rolling and moving herself up the chain to be a recognizable international speaker. So, so proud of Jamie. It's a beautiful story, and she's um, she has a fantastic story because number one, you're. I think if you if someone met her, you know they would they would probably assume, hey, this is the last person on the planet that would be a victim of domestic violence or would have experienced that to know that she went from such a dark place to becoming an advocate and, and speaking out and raising awareness is an incredible story and a tremendous journey of transformation. Uh, it was a real pleasure to meet her as well. Yeah, Jamie, um, she blew my socks off. So I'm so excited that she's able to now, uh, speak up for, the ones who are marginalized and the ones where this injustice does happen. Well, and I think the two of you being examples for other people and not just women, sometimes men are abused, not as often, but it does happen. And for you two to both be great examples of how you can fight back in other ways that help other people is amazing. Yeah, it is absolutely amazing. Uh, one of my other clients, she's not a a survivor of domestic violence, but she's a survivor of other trauma, and uh, she was marginalized, and she's deaf, and she's trying to break through in that community, and we're just working together to be able to help her speak up, and I think with with whatever injustice happens uh, to you or around you, you have to be able to use your voice and speak up against it in order for us to see sustainable change worldwide. Speaking of worldwide, um, i know that you took a trip, uh, actually a couple of trips to Africa, and I'd like for you to tell us a little bit about the trip that you did in 2016. Um, tell us about where you went and what, what the, uh, what the uh, organization was like. So in 2016, I was vice president for a nonprofit organization called Young Vision Africa. And in April of that year, we had put together a mission trip, a group of people. We had about six of us that traveled to Sierra Leone. And in Sierra Leone, uh, we were there to help kids uh, go through school and teach them uh, vocational skills. While I was there, I was able to speak to two different groups about domestic violence. One uh, were, were elder women in the community, and the second group were college-age girls in the community. And it was astonishing to me how... Um, how domestic violence was seen as a normal activity, how so many people, over 70% of the women, experience some type of abuse or domestic wow. violence. Wow, so crazy partner. statistic. Oh, oh yeah, it's so bad. Uh, people say it's one in three women worldwide that experience domestic violence. Um, in in countries that are, are not fully developed or third world countries, that statistic is typically way higher. And I, I knew that because of me learning about that, I had to do something. So I left my, my 
position with YVA Young Vision Africa. And I decided to work on Skid Row for about six months at the Downtown Women's Center to get my feet wet, to learn more about DV, not only overseas, but in our country. In in Los Angeles. In Los Angeles, yeah. Okay. And I... um, I thought I was going to be working there. That didn't happen. So then I interviewed for another nonprofit that works in Kenya to rescue young young children, men and girl, or men and women, girls and boys, uh, who sell themselves for a bag of rice on the streets in Kenya. Uh, Art and Abolition is that organization, great organization. And I'm a spiritual woman, um, so I flew up to Oakland for that meeting. But and I felt God's presence within the organization, but not me being there. So I was like, okay, what do I do next? And I walk around the streets of San Francisco the next day, have my glass of Chardonnay on the pier, and eat my clam chowder. And God sent me a sign, and this gentleman talked to me, and I told him my story, and he said, you should start a nonprofit. And I, you know what? This is not the first time I've heard that. So I think I should listen, and I did. And we were 501c3 within a month. Uh, and I was in Ghana two months later, and of course, uh, you know our story, we're in Ghana, Sierra Leone, and Rwanda, and Unsilenced Voices is also fiscal sponsors for an organization in Nepal called Happy Children, and also the Alamo Foundation in the Netherlands, and expanding here to the United States as well. Wow, that's tremendous growth for your organization uh, in a very short period of time. Yeah, yeah, it is. Something to be congratulated. So I think that, I think that says a lot about the messaging of your group as well as the action that you're taking because it it keeps garnering support and uh, you must be very good at also building connections with, with other uh, people who have similar desires to help other people. See that, that is what I'm good at. I'm good at shaking hands. I'm good at um, those interactions. I am good at other things as well though, that we definitely need help with like fundraising and grant writing and we're looking for a lot of volunteers right now. So if your audience, if anybody is interested, just please visit unsilencedvoices.org to find out more information on how you can help us. Um, because it's not about me. It's about all of the hundreds of thousands of people who have experienced this injustice. And we need to stop it. And in order to do that, we need help. So do you find that in your work that a lot of the domestic violence issues that people are experiencing are really based out of social norms, maybe more so than individual feelings. It's almost like it's accepted socially and by the, by the abuser, or that's a part of what they've understood. And that's why, that's why it begins. Or do you find that that's not necessarily a a common thread? Well, I think that's a heavy question. I think that It varies um, in each country that you're at, in each state that you're in. Um, So here in the United States, what I found is that when abusers abuse, it's because they have had some type of childhood experience that have caused them anger, frustration, and feelings of unworthiness um, for them to lash out against the people that they love. So they could have experienced some type of adverse childhood experience, which any type of trauma, neglect, um, it's the same thing with victims. You experience something as a child to make you subconsciously accept the treatment that is being done to you. When you when you look at it in a third world country or in a country that's not, you know, 
fully developed like the United States or um, Australia and parts of Europe, those countries, typically it's a cultural issue, meaning that if your husband abuses you, you did something wrong to cause it. You triggered it. There's a lot of victim blaming in third world countries. And they they keep it hush-hush and make sure that it is dealt with in, within the family. And oftentimes they don't seek um, police help or any type of help outside of the family. They go to their chiefs and they oftentimes, like I said, blame the victim for it. And the reason why the abusers themselves continue to abuse is because that's what they've been taught. So it's all through education to be able to change that. It's a tremendous, uh, tremendous uh, undertaking to do that because you have to change um, feelings and customs or feelings and tradition. I mean, it's a big, big task to, to, uh, to undertake. Um, Michelle, you know, I know you've done a lot of work in helping people uh, specifically with domestic violence. What I'd like for us to talk about in the next segment, we're going to be talking about your five-step system that helps people overcoming challenges. And this is a part of what Michelle actually talks about in her public speaking journey, which, I, like I said, is fantastic. If you uh, would like to have someone come and talk to your audience about how to overcome obstacles and, and especially trauma in a successful way, she is definitely someone to check out. You want to go to her website, michellejewsbury.com. And if you'd like to listen to some past episodes of the Imagine More Success radio show, go to imaginemoresuccess.net where you can find all of our past episodes as well as a place where you can put in your own questions that we can answer uh, for you and invite some fantastic guests to be able to enlighten you with all the wonderful information and entertainment that we bring you every single week. So do stay tuned. We'll be back in just a moment. the Imagine More Success radio show with Cindy and Thomas. We're so thankful that you can join us today. We're continuing the topic today of how you can successfully overcome trauma and obstacles with our guest speaker today, Michelle Jewsberry, who is the CEO of Unsilenced Voices, where you can check it out at unsilencedvoices.org. Thomas, before we get into the five-step system, which I'm really interested in hearing about, I wanted to ask Michelle if she feels that the issue in uh, North America is a generational issue where generation after generation abuses the family. Um, that's a very good question, Sydney. I believe that you learn uh, behavior. And oftentimes, people who abuse have experienced some type of trauma, whether they've seen their family members hurt other people within the family. Uh, whether they see violence, uh, drug addiction, I think it all plays into why this injustice still happens. And in order to stop it, you have to educate and speak up about it. I think that's a good way to 
look at solving an issue like that. And it's a tough one, though, because the abuser, as you well know, has a tough time speaking up and even just protecting themselves. Yeah, very much so. And, and this is why it's so incredibly important to have a repercussion for the abuse. It doesn't mean send them to jail or put them behind bars, but it means that they have to feel uh, what they've done. So it has to be some type of um, repercussion, whether it is therapy that is mandated, um, whether it is jail time or sobriety time, going through AA meetings, whatever that looks like. Um, the best one that I have seen, though, is therapeutic needs, whether it is traditional or non-traditional types of therapy to help the abusers understand why they're abusing, and that will help them stop. Well, but with that, a lot of times people go through the motions just to get out of it, and then they go right back to doing what they're doing. So I think it should be a two- or a three-step process where they're offered therapy, and if they don't take it seriously, and, and if they don't follow it once they're through it, then they go to jail. Yeah, that's definitely an option. Um, there is no real right or wrong way. We just know that we have to make sure to not only help the survivors and victims, but we also need to help uh, the abusers themselves. So that that is a tricky thing to do. Um, and there are a lot of different theories on how to be able to accomplish that successfully. So that's, I guess, where we are as a society is figuring out how do we stop it by, uh, by helping these abusers, uh, whether they take their therapy seriously or, or not and what to do as far as a repercussion in order to make them change their ways. Mm -hmm. Michelle, you were telling us about um, your five-step system to overcome challenges. Do you want to walk us through it? We'll kind of go through step-by-step step and um, maybe talk about each step as you go. Yeah, no problem. Um, so when I'm on stage, I typically teach this five-step system. And the first step in the five steps to help people overcome challenges and obstacles and trauma is you first have to be able to recognize what it is that you're going through. So you first have to see it. You first have to understand it and accept it. So this first step I actually stole from every 12-step process out there because you first have to see it like you you have to realize and understand okay this is what I'm going through I I see my life right now and say I'm going through trauma or I'm in an abusive relationship or I've been abused as a child or I have um, uh, severe anxiety right now because of a pandemic or um, I I'm fearful because of things that have happened in my childhood or my life you, you first have to see it because if you don't first recognize it, then you can't then move forward to any other steps to help you overcome it because you don't know what you're going through. And there is that, that tug of war that people have. I think once they start to have that breakthrough where there, there's that, that point of denial um, and there's, there's tremendous danger in that as well, right? The longer that you prolong that denial standpoint, the farther away you are from, from getting the, positive result or having that beautiful outcome on the other side? I mean, I don't know the, the exact statistic, but I know if you tell yourself something over and over and over again, then you yourself tend to believe it, whether it's a lie or a reality. And that's the same thing with this first step. If, if people tell themselves, I didn't experience trauma, I'm not a, a survivor, 
I didn't go through that over and over and over again. And they push it down so much that they tend to believe that they didn't experience that. Then there, there are long lasting implications that can happen. And your body holds on to that pain and holds on to that trauma. And you can, it, it'll be expressed later on in life as autoimmune disorders, chronic fatigue, um, chronic eating and diabetes, other health problems, because you have to let go of your experiences in order to make room for positivity in your life. That's beautiful. Yeah. That, that really that really speaks to me. Um, after this first step, where do you find people then have have a have a, a movement after after this first step? Yeah. So the first step, like I said, is recognized, but the second step is thoughts. Being able to um, think in a positive way, right? So Henry Ford once said, "Whatever you think you can or you can't, you are right." So what that means is if you wake up and you think, I can do this, I can overcome, I can create the business that I want, I can have even more success, I can have the love life that I so desire, then the world tends to give that to you. You work on thinking positive. So we often teach uh, reading great books, listening to amazing podcasts or radio shows just like this one. And putting in positive material so then you start to think positively and then on the other end if you wake up and you think poorly where you can't achieve your dreams where uh, you think that johnny or sue down the street is correct when they say that you're just a normal average human being and who are you to accomplish anything more if you start to think that they're right then you start to call that from the universe and unfortunately when you think that over and over again then you start to believe it and then it inhibits you from growth, whether it is moving on from trauma or whether that is moving forward towards your ideal goals and businesses. Um, so definitely elevating your thought process and, and putting in great material to help you do that. Beautiful. And I, <laughs> you know, obviously in the name of the show, imagine more success. That's a big, that's a big <laughs> tenet that we, uh, we definitely uh, have a tendency to espouse as well in total agreement with. So tell us about the third step. <laughs> yeah, thanks. That's, that's, <laughs> that's true, right? <laughs> and that's what you got to do. you got to think about the, the success that you can have because you can have it all. You don't have to listen to those naysayers. Um, but yeah, so the first step was recognize. Second is thoughts. Third step is feelings. So this is where you really move from your head to your heart. And oftentimes people wake up and try to put in that positive material and think positively, but then they feel like crap. They're like, I feel icky. I don't feel good about myself. I don't, I don't feel that I can overcome. And the thing is, is we talked about this a lot uh, earlier that you have to feel in order to heal. And this is oftentimes the hardest step for a lot of our clients is because they don't think that they should feel. They don't think that their feelings matter. Oftentimes growing up, we've heard the phrase, sticks and stones will break your bones, but words or names will never hurt you. Well, unfortunately, those words do hurt you, and those names do hurt you, and, and, it, and it goes deep down inside of your soul. 
And this is where you need to learn to express yourself. So being able to express your emotions, uh, whether that is in therapy or with your best friend, but expressing yourself to somebody who is non-judgmental, who will sit and actually listen through your feelings. Because once you're able to express yourself, then you're able to open up your body to more positivity. It's very similar to drinking out of a of a water bottle. Uh, you can't see me now, but I've got mm -hmm. a water bottle that's half full. Now, if I start drinking more of it down and say the water is negativity, then I start to eliminate those negative feelings, which then will open me up to more positive light in my life. And you definitely don't want to have those ACEs, adverse childhood experiences, come out later on in life. So feeling through them now so you can have even more success. Let's let's talk about feelings for a second because this is a little bit of a crossroads, at least in my mind, when it comes to to healing. Um, you know, on the one hand, you know, so many times people will really shove their their true feelings down, their real hurt, their traumas. They'll suppress them. They'll find ways to avoid them, whether it's uh, you know overeating, drug use, alcohol. Um, avoidance, any any number of any number of say coping strategies that people use. At the same time, feelings are also one of the things that often kind of derails our ability to heal completely. Because when we succumb to feelings, we find to the hurt from feelings. We find ourselves then doing these things that we utilize for coping mechanisms. Tell me a little bit about about the resolution of those those two different sides of feelings. Well, when you use coping mechanisms, especially numbing tactics like drugs and alcohol, overeating and sex um, and overworking, you don't actually express yourself. You don't actually get to feel your feelings. Uh, you're numbing yourself. So you think you're going through the motions. However, you're not because you're not being able to fully um, let go of some of the things that you've experienced. So that's that's a huge thing that people don't understand that you know, if, if you're stressed out, overworked, um, have anxiety, have trauma, going through abuse of any kind, and you, you know, at, at night decide, okay, well, every night I'm going to have a bottle of wine, then you're not actually being able to express those feelings. Um, in order to do so, we, we teach a lot of writing tactics, um, getting out on paper what it is that you're actually feeling. Because like you said, Thomas, sometimes it does hurt and people don't want to go through it and then they numb themselves again. So when you write it out, instead of talking to somebody, whether it's stream of consciousness writing, writing a play or a book, um, or just putting it in your diary, when you write out, I feel like crap today, I feel hurt, I feel pain, then you're still able to release that tension from your body and it does help you to heal later on and this is not something or a process that is overnight this is a process that does take some time and um, learning to go through that um, and still give yourself the credit for taking the time for you for making sure that you're number one and learning that feelings do help you move on um, is very very essential I think that's that's beautiful um and I'm in to complete agreement with that as well. I really think that people don't necessarily allow themselves the opportunity to feel as deeply as they really can because they have a fear that 
once they go to this very deep space of feeling that they don't know how to come back from it or the way it's going to affect them, it's going to change them for forever. But the same way that anything that has a beginning also has an end, feelings are the same way. Mm -hmm. There's no feeling that's going to be destructive of you. And a lot of people who have great fear around addressing or allowing themselves to feel very deeply simultaneously have very little fear of physical harm or physical stress, which is why their coping mechanisms tend to cause them great physical pain. And from the outside, you know, watching someone um, hurt themselves through their coping mechanisms can be very upsetting because it doesn't seem to make sense. Um, But, you know, these have been fantastic steps. We're going to come back in a few minutes. We're going to continue the conversation today with Michelle Jewsbury. We're going to help you learn how to overcome obstacles and trauma. We're going to continue with some great storytelling as well. And we're going to continue to talk about uh, unsilencedvoices.org and maybe how you can get involved. If this is a topic that is near and dear to you or if you've experienced this or if you want to help, There's really some great pathways, especially if you're a grant writer. We definitely want you to reach out to Michelle. And if you want to check out some of the past episodes of the Imagine More Success radio show, go to imaginemoresuccess.net. But when we come back in a couple of minutes, we're also going to have a wonderful free gift from Michelle Jewsbury. So do stick around. Thanks for staying tuned with us today on the Imagine More Success radio show. We're so happy you could join us. We're, we're talking again about a very timely topic about how you can overcome challenges and how you can overcome trauma in your life. You know, we've been hitting up some of these really powerful steps uh, by our guest today, Michelle Jewsbury, who's an international philanthropist, speaker, author, and a coach who has helped people literally all around the world. And uh, she has an amazing nonprofit that is focused on inspiring change in communities around the globe by helping the victims of domestic violence. It is called Unsilenced Voices. Uh, In our previous segment, we've been going over her five-step system to help people overcome challenges. And when we're talking about challenges, we're talking about some really massive challenges. um, And this this five-step system is, is a big part of it. Michelle, in your public speaking life, this is a part of the, the the outline that you share with people. So far, we've gone through the first three steps, which is first, recognize. Uh, second is thoughts. Third are feelings. Move us into step number four. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much, Thomas. Um, step four in that five-step system is then words. Um, we mm-hmm. have to learn to use positive words. Now, a lot of people know what positive power words are, um, but it's more positive affirmations. So I am successful. I am an overcomer. I can do this, right? So what we teach is we tell people to write on post-it notes and put these positive words all around you. I am beautiful. I am sexy. I'm ambitious. Um, Whether it's in your bathroom or uh, in your car, in your office, uh, in your home, I remember years and years ago when I used to do Amway, which is a long story, mm-hmm. um, 
but uh, the leadership used to teach us to put these positive words in front of our faces all the time. And I, I remember writing with red lipstick on my bathroom mirror, I'm going to become a diamond, right? And, <laughs> Absolutely. And, I didn't become a diamond in Amway, but I did become a diamond in a different way. So you never know what can happen by just putting positive words around you. And it's the same thing as subliminal messaging. So if you drive on the freeway and you see a McDonald's sign, you don't even consciously see it. But then all of a sudden during lunch, you're craving McDonald's French fries. Well, it's because of that subliminal messaging. And we tend to teach that to our clients. Subliminally message yourself. You know, put these words everywhere. You don't have to read them every day, but your subconscious will pick them up and then you will start to believe those words. You know, Michelle, I'm a huge proponent proponent of that as well. So is Cindy. We talk about actually vocalizing. I don't know if you remember my background is an opera performance. So the idea of words having tremendous meaning, words having tremendous power. Um, I'm obviously in agreement with that. And I've seen the, I've seen it at work and, um, yeah, you know, there's something very powerful about saying those I am statements, about declaring who you are and really crafting and creating your own identity rather than being, I guess, a, a victim to what habits that are, that you've created or what sort of negative influences are around you, but kind of make your own choices about who you are and using words as a method to get there. I think it's pretty powerful. I think it's a great step. Yeah, the circumstances in your life don't have to define who you are. You have a choice. And life is a choice every single day, what you decide to put in and what you decide to, you know, put out into the world. You know, and we're we're much greater than the um, the labels and the names that we give ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of a lot of times I realize that that we're limited by how we define ourselves, what we do, who we, you know, who we are, what we, where we work or where we live. And, uh, you know, we're much more than that. Yes. Yes. Much, much more. more. (laughs) (laughs) Michelle, tell us about the fifth step. Yeah, definitely. So this fifth step, um, is probably, I wouldn't say the easiest step, but it is the implementation, implementation step. Let's see if I can speak right now. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But it's the actions, right? It's it's actually taking those actionable steps, which um, could be, you know, if you're experiencing fear and anxiety and stress right now, it's giving yourself that time outside. Go for a walk. Uh, get some fresh air. Give yourself some meditation time. Um, I am a huge advocate of exercise. I don't mean go run a dang marathon. I mean just get outside and do something. Um, you know, get some heavy breathing going so it makes some blood flow in, in your body. Make sure to get enough sleep uh, because when you're feeling through a lot of your emotions, it causes uh, you to be even more tired. Well, listen to your body. And if, if you need to sleep for nine hours one day, then sleep for nine or 12 hours. Um, really, really dive into what your body is trying to tell you. And then, of course, you know, whether it's cooking or for me, scuba diving, find something healthy that helps you take your mind off of things. So for other people, it's reading. Uh, a lot of my clients like to go on bike rides or hiking. I used to go on hiking trips all the time and literally just scream at God when I was experiencing some some pain or uh, confusion. Mm-hmm. And 
that release really does help. So it's just taking those steps. And of course, in the business world, after you're able to take care of yourself and become even more regulated, then you can start taking those actionable steps to move forward and increase your revenue and create even more success in your business life by taking actionable steps, uh, whether it's posting on social media, reaching out, hiring a virtual assistant, booking you on virtual stages, or hiring the right people to help you uh, implement some of the strategies that you need for growth in your business. That's beautiful. Um, when you're talking about implementation, are you finding that um, that step is, it's a, do you find that that's a difficult step for people compared to one through four? Well, right now, it's, it's difficult for people because oftentimes we're used to one way of living or one way of working. And right now, especially during the pandemic, we have to learn to pivot, meaning that we can't do the same things that we were doing in 2019 to have the same type of success. We have to learn, say if you're a brick and mortar business and you don't have anything online, you have to learn to pivot your business to go online in order for you to actually generate an income. That means you have to learn marketing skills. You have to learn um, uh, social media platforms and how to advertise in a digital world. The same thing with feelings and emotions. If if you are used to uh, being able to go to a bar and numb your pain and using that type of coping mechanism, well, in Los Angeles, bars are closed. Uh, in a lot of other states, bars are closed. Restaurants are closed to indoor dining. You have to learn to stay at home and not use those coping mechanisms um, so you can kind of move forward. And it is hard to implement those action steps. But if you can get through the first four, you can get through this last one as well. I think that's great. A great tip and great advice. If you can get through the first four, the fifth one's not as hard as it seems. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and especially uh, if you have a coach, right? Yeah, especially if you do have a coach. And I'm a huge advocate for both therapy and coaching. So I have a therapist because I believe therapists need therapists. I coach with a lot of individuals who have gone through a lot of trauma, and I need that release as well. So I'm able to talk to my therapist about things. And um, I have a coach, Bill Walsh, uh, who is my mentor and my coach, has been with me now for a couple of years, and he's helped me to be able to monetize my intellectual intelligence and be able to pivot during this time and move everything online. I've been on over 60 virtual summits and podcasts since the pandemic started. and. Wow. I've, I've been able to do that because of my coach and my mentor, and that's what I do. I, I help other people do that same thing, and that's why I love coaching. I actually really, really do love coaching. Um, so if you are interested, you can always contact me, like Thomas said, at michellejewsbury.com. Michelle, uh, I want you to take a moment and tell us about the free gift that you have for the listeners today. Yeah, definitely. So like uh, we were sharing with Thomas and Sydney, those five steps, the five-step system to help you overcome challenges. If you missed any or if you would like some other advice, 
I'd like to gift that to you in a very colorful, pretty document. It's only six pages long and it's pretty much all pictures uh, because we're all visuals. About 86% of the population are visual learners. So all you need to do is if you're in the United States, take out your cell phone and text the word UNITE, U-N-I-T-E, to the number 26786. Again, it's text UNITE, U-N-I-T-E, to 26786, and you'll receive that complimentary six-page, beautifully laid-out document uh, that's really easy to, to view and learn from. Um, so go ahead and text that to UNITE, uh, UNITE to 26786. You know, that's a really wonderful thing that someone can print out and put on their wall as well, um, because that's... It's what you were talking about earlier about surrounding yourself by these positive words. I think it's a great, it's a, it's a really great gift. Um, yes. So, so if you, if you have a chance to, to do, you know, definitely do that. Definitely check out what Michelle has to offer and, uh, stay in touch with her. She's got some really tremendous information and even more importantly, she has tremendous inspiration. Uh, tell us about some other upcoming speaking gigs that you've got going on. Oh yeah, definitely. I might have to look at my schedule a little bit here. Um, so, uh, I am going to be on a podcast interview tomorrow with uh, Jackson Crisp, who used to be an NFL player for the uh, the Jets. And then the week, two weeks after that, I'll be speaking with the Global Elevation Summit with Power Team International, um, and that is going to be a digital event. Um, and I'm also speaking on a Rotary later on this this month, and I'm speaking on an event um, called the Resilience Forum in London, actually, on the 20th oh, cool. this month. So that's just this month. There's a bunch coming up also in February and March. But if you go to globalelevationsummit.com uh, with Power Team International, I'm speaking on all of those stages. And, of course, you can follow my upcoming events on michellejewsgray.com. Michelle, I have a final question. You've done a ton of work for... Uh, helping people overcoming their issues with domestic violence and helping people change their life and turn their life around. I want you to tell me, uh, take take some time to tell us how the theater has helped to change your life around and helped you to really uh, communicate your desires in helping other people. Well, when I first escaped, I I had a hard time telling people what happened to me. I felt ashamed for what happened. I felt responsible for what happened. Um, when I started writing my play and investing in myself and um, hiring a, a director, Jessica Lynn Johnson, an amazing director uh, in the Los Angeles area, she really helped me to understand that expressing myself through the arts is very healing, uh, but it's also healing for other people. And when I was on stage, when I had to go through the pain every day of rehearsing, of throwing myself against walls, of being my therapist, of reliving my experiences and abuse, it helped me heal 10 times faster than traditional types of therapy. It helped me learn that I wasn't alone, that other people experience similar issues that I do. And that helped me to know that expressing myself through the arts 
um, really does help. And because of that, I decided to last year be a board member for the Los Angeles Women's Theater Festival because expressing yourself through the arts is healing. And there are so many people who are very creative and they don't know how to overcome their challenges and being able to write and perform a solo play or being able to paint their, their work or write a blog. Um, it's, it's very healing and therapeutic and it helps people to really overcome. Well, thank you so much, Michelle Jewsbury. If you have a chance to check her out, go to unsilencedvoices.org. Thank you for joining us this week. We want to encourage you to always, always realize your dreams and to imagine more success.